Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. I'm Lisa Pace. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law, and with me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining me this week, the man himself, Lavender Gooms. I want to wish you all a Lashana Tova Tsikatevu. Mm. Or Shana Tova. All happy right. Rosh Hashanah, yeah, happy Rosh Hashanah, yeah, okay. everybody. Okay. Uh, just all of you who are, as this is a, not a visual medium, just know that Mike was doing the hand symbol like he was Italian, like he was in the mafia with the finger, the pinch finger thing for some reason. Don't know what's going on there. No, Jew- Jewish mafia, bro. Also, on top of that, a very, a day that is very near and dear to my heart. A very national compliance officer day, boys and girls. Okay. All right. That's your job. Mark, has a, Mark has a quizzical look on his face. That's his job. Mark, that's my job. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, Mike's okay. job. I didn't really know what that was. So. That's the, 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 it's the day where Mike and his colleagues say, man, we should get a raise for this. And they said, no, we just named a day. We gave you a day instead. No. Maybe, <laughs> like, maybe don't in the no. office. <laughs> something special for Uh, you coming up mike i still draw a check from my job so i'm just grateful in that aspect but no no bagels that day for the officers in the in the company no but i did go to physical therapy today (laughs) your body is an investment Mm. which is what i keep telling myself because that copay is a motherfucker because i apparently have a three thousand dollar deductible for pt Mm. is your back no, nah, it's my knee. When you hurt oh. your knee? Yeah, okay, good. I also wasn't aware of this. So I actually heard it twice. Once was at my friend Claudio's uh, bachelor party in San Diego. Drunken shenanigans. I was, jump- I was jumping up. No, not even reckless, bro. Honestly, it's just some old man wash shit. <laughs> I was jumping up and down at the club. I felt some pop. So I did what every, every sensible man would do. I went to the bathroom. But before I went to the bathroom... I grabbed a uh, cloth napkin. I wrapped that shit on my knee, and I got right back out on that dance floor like a goddamn soldier. Next day, didn't feel anything, so I'm like, all right, fuck it, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Then the next month, at the same friend's wedding, jumping up and down again. Well, at that point, I guess my knee was like, yo, bro, we need to tap out. Almost buckled on me, and you know, I realized, oh shit, my knee really hurts. So I had to go to the to the doctor. Mike, it's time you take a page out of Bruce Buffer's playbook. You don't have to do the two feet off the ground. You know, you can mimic a jump. Everyone's gonna buy it. Still, no one's gonna feel bad. Mark, you're muted. You're, uh, Bobby, you're muted. Yeah, I'm saying you do the calf raise instead of a jump. You do a couple calf raises. Looks like you're going up. Mm-hmm. It's the move. Mm-hmm. Those of us who lack vertical ability, it's my move as well. Trying to move all this weight up and down. Come on, now <laughs> my knees already got to carry my fat ass around. Um, what do you got? PCL, MCL? What's wrong with you? So, MCL, PCL, all the CLs are fine. 
based off the pain I was having, I thought something had to have been torn. Nah. I thought I was going to have to go into the, you know, onto the IR. But apparently all it is is that my patella is not exactly in the track. It's supposed to be. It's skewed off to the left a bit. So I got prescribed four to six weeks physical therapy. Uh, they'll loosen up the muscles on the left-hand side, strengthen the muscles on the right-hand side. So that way you know the patella gets back into the groove. And let me tell you boys and girls something. Deep tissue massages fucking suck. That thing is painful as all get up. I think really the doctor just saw Mike and it was just like, all right, this guy's charm and soft. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> this guy's going to get some. Charm and soft. <laughs> let's uh, let's <laughs> put, put the him. hard rub on him. Yeah, let's just send him over there. Whatever. We'll just pump him. He has, he has insurance. Let's milk that for a little bit. No problem. Um, all right, boys and girls. In addition to Mike being an old man and hell, man, I had to return some shoes because the shoes gave me a sore hip. Sore hip, Mike. Sore hip. <laughs> All right, sorry. Um, we're actually here not to talk that much about current MMA because, look, you listen to this podcast, you know what fights are coming up. It's not good. Um, instead, it's episode 500, boys and girls. Yep, the big five zero. Yeah, we've been we've done this 500 times. Actually, we've probably done it like 503 or four or three or four times. There's been some lost episodes, oh, yeah. but sure. this is the 500. Assuming this all goes well. This is the 500th episode we have released to the public. The first one we did, does anybody know when we did it? Hell no. I mean, I March literally, I literally, of uh, March of 2012. Yeah, Mark, Mark, I literally told you this like an hour and a half ago. <laughs> I, know, we were in the same year. I was going to lie and be like, oh, everyone, I, I keep good track of this. Um, it was yeah. like 10 years ago. March, what'd you say? My March, uh, yeah, we came out March. Thank you, Google Drive. 2012? March t- 11th, 2012. The mm. uh, first day, that uh, first episode we did. Um, since then, we're doing this ten years. I think we've gotten better because God, those first few ep- the first few episodes are bad. Mike's listened to them; oh. they're like real bad. Um, yeah, I remember I-, I listened to the first episode March of this year mm-hmm. as a uh, you know nostalgic thing. Yeah, it was fucking mm-hmm. horrible. Exactly. When we hit ten. Um, just, you know, we're gonna, we didn't really have anything special planned, um, obviously, cause you know, we've been doing this a while and it's a not real, like our, our podcast is very, um, what do I want to say? It's very current event based, you know, everything we do really, it's why we're trying to put more stuff in there. That's not quite frankly for weeks like this where, you know, fucking nothing, um, is going on. Um, you know, try to put some, talk about some other MMA stuff, but you know, uh, we really thank you guys all for listening. Um, yeah, this is a lot of fun for us still. It's the reason we still do it. God knows, you know, like when Stefan bailed and he said, he's just, this sport is just draining and he can't do it anymore. I think we all understood quite frankly, um, because the mm-hmm. sport itself is like that does a lot of times, but we found other ways to entertain ourselves, quite frankly, be it Mike with his deal uh, you know, whatever of the day thing, me just generally being a dick to Mike to, uh, hassling him, him feeding it right back. You know, self-aware though. The cameras are on. I'm just going to start go- like Mike, Mike takes shots before the podcast starts. I'm like, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, I know like, this is not, this is just to warm me up. Yeah. It's <laughs> a get, yeah he's getting he's, you ready for the show. He's trying to like, Bobby looks like he had too good of a day. Let me needle him a little bit, but, um, seriously, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, and you know, it wasn't just the three of us. Stefan was with us for probably 450 of those episodes, at least. 
Yeah. Um, you know, and thanks to anybody who's ever helped us, our friend Eddie made the made our thing, made our logo. I mean, he gets a lot of credit for that. Yeah. <laughs> that that uh, three hours he spent on that logo, he's been getting years of. Hey uh, man, I'm about to shout out my dude Kon, who's getting married in a few weeks. I'm going to see, going to his wedding. My buddy Ashcon, who made our theme song, M- well, made our yeah, made the beat. Sure. Uh, Mark really put it together. God bless him, because I was getting nowhere with that. Um, but yeah, you know the podcast is old because. Just imagine all those people in the beginning were relevant at Dude, one we point. Seriously, I don't like, think there's goddamn one of them that still fights. You know what the problem is? I tried to sell this group on we need to pay for a big E cameo, but it was too early in cameo. And I don't think we all appreciated how good Big E was at cameo. I mean, he blew and he blew up too. And that we, was like we, we blew it. $500 for a big E cameo. The only cameos we can afford is like a porn star or something. Though, quite frankly, would still be an improvement uh, or a very old introduction. Long yeah, story short, um, we've been doing this a long time. I have a good time still. I think the boys love a good time doing this. Same, you know, yeah, for sure. If for no other reason, gives us all an excuse to talk once a week. Though I see Mark five days a week at work anyway. But yeah, <laughs> still. Um, so yeah, not anything, nothing big planned. Um, obviously, there's not a lot going on fight wise. We'll get into that in a second. Probably spend a bit more time on. Um, we have a couple fights from the fights we like. We're gonna bring up a few of a, a couple. We're gonna bring up some stuff we like. You know. In theory, we got stuff for that, too. So uh, let's get into it. First off, did anybody catch anything that happened at Bellator in Dublin on Friday? I know I'm talking wild stuff here, but does anybody give me a loop on anything that happened? I mean, I only saw what you showed me, Bob, the the finish to the Romero uh, Melvin Manoff fight. Yeah, Mike, you catch that, that at all did. where Romero obl- elbowed Melvin's face into oblivion and barked at the camera like a dog? I saw that highlight, and the thing I was going to highlight was the fact that he was barking like a dog. I saw some excellent memes of Yoel Romero barking and him being like in a pound and stuff. Oh, I saw I saw one uh, guy from MMA or did a really good one. Like, I think I'm going to pick up a pup, and it was uh, Yoel in a pound. <laughs> um, I really, Mark, uh, we were all pretty loud, quite frankly, uh, about how shitty the matchmaking was. And I thought after the fact, people were trying to be on that train. I'm like, okay, I think we all know this was that what this was. And um, I honestly really even felt worse about it when Melvin's family got in the cage. Like, it's his last mm-hmm. fight, man. Like, I know he, I'm not saying he has to get a cupcake, but you literally sent this dude out the door on Corey Anderson and then Yoel Romero. I don't know. I, like, I think Scott Coker gets a pass a lot of times, but he's like the king of sending out a veteran to get murdered. Yeah, I mean, it is somewhat traditional for fighters retiring to to retire on a loss mm. but at the, at really given i mean for me personally like melvin i'm a huge fan of his you know for a long time it's kind of crazy that he's still competing at all let alone at this high of a level so to have him fight these type of guys yeah it just it just seemed kind of you're not really looking after his interests. he should he should be having the the fun fights with you guys in that age group that could that could bang, not like the still killers, even though Romero was yeah. like uh, two years although, than maybe. I, I was gonna say, although normally you would say if you're gonna if you're gonna be 48 years old or 47 years old, fight someone around your age. He did. Yeah, you know, look, okay, I know that, but it's not we all we, we I mean anybody I mean if you're looking at just numbers, yeah, but like we all know what we're seeing here. Like one guy is taking enough damage that Melvin should have retired. We all probably would have liked to see Melvin not fight for the last five years, at least. Yeah. Like, He's got 50 kickboxing fights. Um, 
I think probably close. To, how many MMA fights? I'm trying to pull up his record while I'm. Yeah, no, he has a lot. But I mean, it, I mean it, absolutely right. Romero is also in that kind of age category. But like, but he's on he like defies, 20 <laughs> But he like defies age too. Yeah. Like that guy. I mean, and, and Melvin does too. I mean, for how old Melvin is, like he still physically looks extremely capable. I, I think for me, it's it's a lot of the damage he's had. He's yeah. been knocked out really. And you, you know, and talking about you know news things that we didn't really talk about. I think I saw last week. Um, I guess it was Chuck Liddell's ex-wife was saying that he probably suffers from, you know, permanent head you trauma. Gotta, you got to take that as a seat that that one a little bit as a grain of salt, because that's the lady where they she was, be, she was hitting she was hitting Chuck and him in yeah. a domestic violence thing. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, though. Like, I, and, and I and I don't think he'll be the last because um, I and especially when you when you look at Chuck, it, his exit was very much like Melvin were like. When he was losing, he was getting starched. Like, it wasn't even just, like, TKOs. Like, he can't take a shot anymore. Like, he's getting cold cut, knocked out, shallow, shallow realm kind of stuff. So, you know, for me, honestly, it's like, I just hope Melvin's okay. You know, I hope, you know, come a couple years later, it's not like, oh, yeah, like, he has some serious problems. Because he was such an entertaining guy. He really brought the fight. I mean, he left his, um, he left his things in the cage, his gloves. Yeah, I, I don't think gonna... he'll... We're going to assume that meant all combat sports, hopefully. Yeah. Because if I see Melvin Manhoff in BKFC in three months, yeah, I'm going to just feel just bad. Um, Yeah, I just, I think it's like, I I just, you know, I'm not that I just like pick a targeting, a targeting, whatever, but I'm talking about Scott Coker. But I think we all hammer the UFC for stuff. Rightfully so. They're the biggest organization in the world. Mm -hmm. But this is no better. Like that fight is no better than Nate Diaz versus Cam Zatman. Like that is on that like mm, level of mm-hmm. bad bad looking, and like we all have our jokes about how like they booked Rudy Bears to lose to like three different generation of prospect, you know, and stuff like that. Like, but like I mean, Melvin's a le- uh, Melvin's a legend. I'll say it. Melvin's a legend, and like they put him in the co-main event. So like, don't act like mm-hmm. oh you know we're giving him a favor, we're doing him a favor, giving him a fight. But it's like no, you needed him. That's what this meant. You put him in the co-main event, meant you used him to sell tickets. So. Anyway, I didn't like that. Um, Yoel, big. Well, Yoel needed a win. It really felt like they just needed to get Yoel a win. Mm-hmm. And you know, third round, Yoel pounds a guy's face into oblivion. Um, nice win also on that fight card from uh, Benson Henderson. Right. Benson actually looked pretty good. Uh, he looked. I mean, it's Benson. He went to decision, but like he looked on point, sharp, good timing. He signed a four fight deal with Bellator apparently. Um. And I think he's got a couple. He's got like three more left, I think. And he thinks it's probably it. But he looked good. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a good night at the office for Bendo. Um, I do remember back when Bendo was because he was going to retire when he's like thirty five or whatever it was, or like thirty three, and doesn't happen. Usually, when you should, you know, a lot of the longevity we've seen. What is, are you going to do? Also, even if you have the money, what's he going to do? He's thirty two years old. He's going to coach, or he's going to do this? Like, yeah. Gotta have a plan B. Not everybody is Michael Bisping who's got like, you know, a whole plan of being doing this and that, or you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and uh Bellator, I'm gonna say it again. I don't know why they didn't have a card on a Saturday, Mike, of like a big fight. Like what are we well, doing? Well, that's because they decided to do it, you know, the middle of the day on a Friday. Yeah, definitely smart. Uh Floyd Mayweather says he won't risk fighting legit boxers. He says he only wants to fight YouTubers and MMA fighters. He's doing a good job, then. Good job. Uh, he knocked out, uh, what was this kid, a kickboxer? I don't know who he was. Uh, I think he was an MMA fighter. Yeah, from uh, 30 year old MMA fighter. Name. They had an exhibition bout, and then at the end of the exhibition, Floyd, about Floyd's like, I'm just going to knock this guy out. 
Right. That's the guy. The guy did get a good shot in on on, on Floyd though. Mm-hmm. I I heard he he held his own, but ultimately at the end of the fight he he, and I think it was weird. I didn't see a lot of it. I just actually saw the end, but I did see a breakdown video of the fight, and it did seem like. It was at the very end of the third round of a three it was round second, fight. Actually. It was what? It was actually second round? round. I thought it was third round, oh, okay. too, but a second round. Okay. According to Wikipedia. Okay, I thought it was third. Yeah, okay. So because it did seem like when I thought it was the third, it seemed like the fight was over. Now in boxing, there are rules that the bell can't save you, you know, from the fight. So and he looked, he definitely looked out. But if it was actually the end of the fight, I would have been like, well, you know, whatever. I'll just go to the cards um, instead of just calling it a TKO. But you know, whatever. I mean, F- Floyd has proven what he needed to prove during his career. If he just wants to, he said he's fighting Connor. He said he's fighting Connor. It's in the negotiations, final negotiation. He's like me and Connor in final negotiations. I want an exhibition bout. Connor wants a real bout. And then Connor just took all the article and just retweeted, "Yeah, not interested." So uh, hmm. I guess that didn't work, um, or whatever yeah, they're doing there didn't really pan out. They might as well. Why not? Everybody will get a check. Floyd Connor might win this one. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's interesting that Floyd kind of doesn't see like a, a higher. Like, I, I think if he thought there was a more interesting, lucrative fight for him out there, whether it was money. another. Well, yeah. And whether it was another YouTuber or a MMA fighter. Because I mean, I think we can all say at this point, Connor's stock is not where it was when they of first course. fought. His stock was huge, and now it's been like a lot of people kind of think he's broken and beaten, you know, since the Dustin losses, um, and and after the Floyd loss. So I just think it's interesting that he would he would want that rematch because I don't think he sees anyone else that's kind of. I mean, you know, who else could he fight that would? That's what I'm saying about like who else could he fight that would bring money in? You know, maybe a Jake Manny. Paul, but he's so much bigger. Who? Manny. Yeah, I mean, that's they it. they did fight before, but Manny's not um, going to just take. Manny wants that back. Manny's not going to give him mm-hmm. that. I think Manny still mm-hmm. fights legit. Too, isn't, he? isn't Manny? No. Isn't Manny retired? Is he not like? I, he retired. Yeah. Now? I thought he's fighting still, and he's also the governor. I thought both those I things think, were true. I thought he retired. Okay. I'm pretty sure he retired, but um, I mean that could be intriguing. Yeah, but, it's just. Yeah. I mean, I think he needs the money. They he never he they still owe mm-hmm. Logan Paul a bunch of money for uh, mm-hmm. that, that fight. They for never paid fight. him. They never paid him. No. Apparently, all of it. Um, I thought they would be paying Floyd. I didn't know Floyd was paying Logan. Yeah, Floyd makes sure he gets his check at the door. He gets another way out. Um, he literally has been like had fights where like that night he posted the check that said $50 million. And I'm like, it's right there. He's walked there to the box office and had them cut you a check. What happened? Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Oh, whatever, man. Everybody's old and fighting. Um, I see you guys see that Nate Diaz's buddy, Chris Avila, um, is going to be the, on the undercard of Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. Yeah, I'm not like as. I'm not well, super I think it just means Nate's going to be there. Sure. They got to sell the fight. I see. So gotta, I see. I see. No, it's Chris Avila. He had a couple fights in the UFC, I think. And uh, Did he really? I think he did. Yeah. Mike, Mike, he did, right? You're nodding too. Yeah. I think Chris Avila. Had yeah, a few. I remember him. Okay. I definitely uh, don't. I mean, in the, in the Nate Diaz crew hierarchy, he's no Yancy Maderos, you know, but he's mm-hmm. got some fights. Let's see. He's, uh, he's, and he's uh, fighting uh, Dr. Mike, right? He's fighting Dr. Mike. I've seen a Dr. Mike Dr. video. Mike. I love Dr. Mike. I saw, Wait, I did, I saw I, it. I, I, Dr. Mike does like, uh, he's like a young, handsome doctor who just talks about, he does like, I think I saw like, he looked at scrubs and he was comparing scrubs to like real okay. medical stuff. I, I don't feel like I've watched a video, but I feel like I've been recommended his yeah, videos. He's before. okay. He's like, he's like, there's like I'm a sure. brand of YouTuber where like, there's like the mm-hmm. uh, lawyer that does stuff. Right. 
yeah, yeah. And then yeah. they had a video together. The lawyer and the doctor did like a, uh, no, we had like a tag team. Marvel, Marvel, you've seen a Manic Universe crossover event right there. Dr. Mm-hmm. Mike and whatever the lawyer's name is. Legal Beagle, maybe? Legal 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 Eagle? Legal Eagle? Yeah, I, that. That. Yeah, I, believe, yeah. I believe Dr. Mike is a pediatrician, I think. Okay. He Either way, yeah, yeah, he has a big dog named Bear. The dog's adorable. Um. Oh, yeah. I did see the dog in the video. Yeah, I didn't. Then I learned Dr. Mike got canceled at one point because he, uh, well, not totally canceled, but like he, like, during the pandemic, he went to Miami Quasi. to party. Uh, okay. And people are like, you're a fucking doctor. Yeah, but he's he's handsome and famous. Come on, yeah. guys, give him a break. And Mike's like, he had to get it in. What are we talking about here? <laughs> Come on. Like, um, wow, he is super young. He is only 32. I think he seriously has been a doctor. Like, what, what do you go? You go resident and attending? They go intern, <laughs> resident, attending, right? Attending is when you're a doctor, doctor. I think. Uh, well, no, you're you're a doctor, doctor when you're an intern. Oh yeah, okay, but he's like you actually make money as an attending. Is what I'm getting yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's just been that for like two years or something like that, maybe three years. Um. Anyway. Um. And then other news we got is that Cyborg made her um. What's it called? Debut boxing debut. Boxing. Yeah. Yeah. Got a decision. Uh, I think it was. Right? Yeah. Uh, she apparently looked not bad. Um. And then in the main event of that same card, um, uh, Asselino Popo Freites, who's 47 years old, knocked uh, Jose Landy Johns the fuck out, Mark. 49 oh. years old. Jose's still fighting out there, buddy. <laughs> I mean, well, let's call him by his proper name. That is Pele. Pele, uh, yes. Well, it was which... Popo versus Pepe, Pele, because other guy's nickname is Popo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's I, why they booked the fight. Popo versus I Pepe. Pele. I don't have one geared up, but Pele was, was a big old school uh, I mean, he really cut his teeth at uh, IVC. That was the uh, the Brazilian international yeah. Valley Judo. Uh, you know, and he has he has a big win over Matt Hughes. He has a couple really big wins. He did go to Pride and had a couple fights there where he was unsuccessful. The Anderson um, fight was really good, right? Am I imagining that him and Anderson had a good fight in Pride, or is that was it him? No, or Carlos I mean they didn't. Yeah, you know, he yeah he fought Carlos. Carlos, him and Carlos good. had a great great yeah. great fight, and then he fought. He also fought uh, Mike, who who Mike now knows, Daijiro Matsui. From mm-hmm. the that that was the Japanese cat from the Bob Schreiber fight, which she watched after the show, um, and that was probably Matsui's biggest win. Even over, even though he won, he won against Bob Schreiber from <laughs> illegal strikes. He actually beat Pele, and that was like a, that was I like a huge how we upset. just all of this slowly we were talking about it. We all just were like, okay, we got to get a fight fast membership or something. This <laughs> is what we're getting with this. Um, and then Thor Silva, Vanderlei's kid, right? Made his uh I don't, his mm-hmm. amateur MMA debut. I guess he'd already done. Amateur kickboxing, kickboxing. Before, yeah. Um, which your name is Thor. You're Vanderlei Silva's son. There's not a lot of options in this life, folks. Um, but yeah, I guess he was saying that his dad gets more nervous for his fights than he does. I'm like, why wouldn't he? I mean, goddamn, yeah. your dad's seen it all, and he's your dad. That's speaking, I don't know. speaking briefly of Dirty Bob Schreiber, mm, please. Uh, do you know who his last win was against? Oh no, I don't. It's it, I don't think he. It, I think it's been a bit. I think he's been retired for a little bit. But it, it wasn't Melvin. Him and Melvin did have it, a lot of fights. It was. It was Melvin. It was Melvin. Melvin Manhoff. And Melvin it, beat him. Two H. Two H. Two H. Six. Simply the best six. That's that's wow. too hot to handle. That's Mike. a handful. Oh, is that what that is? Okay. Yeah. In well, it was old... in March sixteenth mm-hmm. at two thousand and three in Rotterdam, Netherlands. Yeah. Uh, Overeem used to come out to the Too Hot to Handle theme song in his early Pride days when he still had the, the wooden mallet that he came out with. Do you, uh, do you want to know, Mike, a couple of people that Bob Schreiber has trained? Of course. Stefan Struve? 
Mm-hmm. Malachi Black. All the kickboxing, you see Malachi throwing an AEW and when he was Alistair in WWE, he learned from Bob Schreiber. Bob Schreiber is his kickboxing coach. Wow. Fun fact I, for you. It, it seems Dirty Bob didn't teach him all his dirty tricks. What's going on? That's just street fight. And I, and I like that Mike now knows of Bob Schreiber. So now I can tell you the story of when I, when we were in Amsterdam oh, yeah. and we went to the, Dude, the wait, Bulldog. One second, one second. Did we do this on the podcast, the Bob Schreiber part last week? I want to make sure we, we like. We talked about it a okay, little bit. Good. I mean, Bob we, Schreiber, uh, MMA fighter, cheated a lot. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> and then we, 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 I, we got Mike interested enough to watch his uh, pride fight with Matsui which I always thought was a fun fight because he does so many dirty things. That, and Boss admits, like, oh, he's called Dirty Bob. He's So he was a bouncer at the Bulldog, which is oh, a yes. famous uh, hash hash bar. And there's there's actually a lot of them in Amsterdam. Um, and when we were in Amsterdam... A lot of, bulldog, no, a lot of those bars specifically with that name. Yeah, Not yeah just, there's like yeah, three yeah. Bulldog yeah. Yeah. Um, hash bars just in like the Amsterdam area that we were in. And when we went to one... And I knew he did security. There was a, a security guy there. And, you know, as a nice, friendly American, I and this is so stupid. I asked him, like, oh, you don't know who Bob Shriver is by chance. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Don't talk to me. And I was like, okay, I just wanted this is a big fan of Dirty Bob over here. I didn't know if there was, like, if he was a legend of the, of the just, franchise. And people this. loved talking about Mr. Shriver. But that's what I was looking for. But that guy was not interested in yeah. He was in full security mode. You didn't want to have any of it. Mark, like, you see, you seem to always have a lot of stories of people being so angry. Oh, with no, 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 I was going to say, Mark's got some time. I remember when we met uh, Vernon Tiger White when he was uh, doing bouncing. He was bouncing for a yeah, club in Tahoe. I, 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 I have approached a lot of people while they're at work, and they don't seem to take too kindly to me bringing up. <laughs> Past, past, uh, you know, jobs. Also, like, there's also the time sport. we were in Seattle and Josh Barnett's like, Hey, I'm over here at this bar. Come by. Mm-hmm. And we were near the bar. So he came by. And then the look on Josh Barnett's face told me, Josh Barnett expected women to respond to this, not Mark. <laughs> so he yeah, it was a disappointing because we waited for Josh for a while. I was a big fan. <laughs> I wanted to talk to him about his Yuki Kondo win, how he got the, the Pancrase, uh, the belt from him, but uh, yeah, I wasn't, wasn't too interested in that. And, and in retrospect, I should have broken the ice by like, Josh, let me get you a nice drink before I say anything. But he didn't, he didn't seem too, too keen yeah. on that. So, you know, hey, um, all right. Uh, let's get going a little bit farther here. Um, I mean, how we even end up here, but let's take the breadcrumbs back. Um, let's knock this out right now. The UFC's got a card this weekend. And I think mm-hmm. guys, Mike, I think we got to like come up with levels when we talk about how bad these cards are, because if I'm just going to say this is trash, I feel everybody who listened to our podcast the last year or so when I said these are trash is not going to appreciate how bad this one is. Like, so we got to come up with some sort of rating system besides just this is a trash card. The the normal ones are just called just some fights, right? Those are like the just some fights ones. We're stealing that from the co-main event podcast. This is a dumpster fire. This one, all right? Like, just let's look at the card here, folks. Um, Mackenzie Dern versus Jonan Yan, okay? They're both contenders. Fine. Okay? Fine. That's the main event. Uh, Wait a second. Wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Mackenzie's they're a contender. Both, they're both contenders? I'll be honest. I'm not sure what Jonan's even up to. She's lost two straight. Okay. So maybe not. 
Uh, Mackenzie, though, Mackenzie's on a bit of a, you know, thing. She's won one straight. She's, 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 she's on won, a one she, fight I think she's streak. like, seriously, at, at fly, is this flyweight or 115? In, in what world it's, is it's strawweight. one fight is three? Okay, I'm not going to defend this main event. The main <laughs> event's Dookie, too, okay? Um, Randy Brown versus Trino, Francisco Trinaldo. Mark, right before the podcast, what'd you say? Oh, I, I was for certain Francisco was cut at some point. Maybe went to World Series, did okay there, and came back. Because I did... I. It's he's been in the UFC for so long. I just assumed at some point they let him go for a little bit. I don't 48 know. 48 I mean, goddamn years old. <laughs> yeah, it did. Jesus Christ. And I'm guessing it's this is at welterweight. Has he been fighting at welterweight for a while? I was going to say, well, Randy Brown's oblivious. not a bad fighter. Randy Brown was no, actually the no. second guy to win the contender, not contender series. He was on the other the one. Dana White or something. Dana, Dana White, White looking for, looking a, fight. for a fight. Yeah, because first mm-hmm. one was Mickey Gall, who just finally got cut, I guess. And then then it was Randy Brown. Um, Randy Brown's 15 and four. He's, it seems to lose against like, he's lost to Bilal. He's lost to Vicente Luque. Kind of want to get serious. He's, you know, mm-hmm. Liffy. Yeah. Francisco, is he always, I, he was a 55er, right? I'm not imagining this. Yeah. These are all 55. All these people. Yeah. I think somewhere around John McDessie. He might've like a year or a couple years ago. Okay. Cause he was fighting Felder and Kevin Lee and Jim Miller and James Vick. Evan Dunham. Also, I mean, let's, being, let's put a, let's put a little respect on his name. He has won his uh, last two, so you might be old as dirt, but yeah, last lot, these two both are on a win streak. Scrub, uh, Sadiq Youssef is awesome, but like mm-hmm. Don Shalnese, no one knows who that is. And then that's so, it. Bobby. Not not only do I not know who Don is on my Google thing, his image is broken. Let me so tell you right now, guys. The dude's mug. Uh, the best, the most important fight on this whole, whole stupid card, and I don't know why we're not picking it. Elar Latifi versus Alexei Olenek. Okay, just for the visual of, I don't know why why he's Latifi's fighting at heavyweight. Still, I still don't get it. It is not going well. Okay, he's just he's not going well. I and mean, he's he taken on a short for light heavyweight. So yeah. going to heavyweight wasn't like he he's listed at 5'10. Let me tell you how tall this man is not, Mike. 5'10. Okay. There's no way Elar Latifi is 5'10. Okay. Mark, what are you? 5'8? I'ma say? Ball far? No, I'm, five, a, nine? I'm, I'm actually I, I've been 5'9 for a long time, and I'm actually now 5'10. You're still growing? Uh, and let's I mean, okay, <laughs> I've been like 5'10 for years. Okay. Uh, but I will say, um, look at if I was an active fighter. I'd just be, I'd just be making it into heavyweight. Okay. <laughs> and this is a fat boy over here. This is, I've, I've, I've been trying to cut weight. I'm at like 210. I'm trying to bring it down. Okay. So look at, I know he's got a lot more muscle, but within the frame I have, Dude, I there's, by the way, there's no way you're 210. I, I, I weighed 213 last time I hit the scale. There's no, no way. I'm I, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been fiddling before pandemic. I was 200. I was 200. I went to the doctor with clothes on. Uh-huh. And I've been around two years for the last <laughs> couple months. I'm trying to bring it down. We're trying to make some things happen, but uh, but yeah. I'm, yeah. By I'm, the way, this podcast, episode 500, the first half an hour has just been us rambling. Um, yeah, this card's garbage. Let's just pick the main event. Um, mm-hmm. betting odds for this one, Mc- Mackenzie's the favorite, right? I imagine. I gotta assume she's going to be right. Uh, minus two twenty-five. Yawn is plus one ninety. I got Mackenzie Dern. Mark. Yeah, um, I'm going with Dern too. I was thinking of picking. Is it Jan? Yeah. Jan? I Juan? call her Jan. So bad. I don't know. Um, you know, because I mean, it, it it's tough for her. Really, it she had been on a pretty good run in the UFC until these last two losses. You know, she did beat uh, Claudia Gadea 
Um, she beat uh, Carolina. Uh, she got a, a win over Angela Hill. You know, things were going pretty well, but the, the TKO lost to Carla um, and the split decision to Marina Rodriguez, those being her last two fights, it seems like things are falling off a little bit. Um, and I was, before the the podcast, I was a little bit like, oh, you know, she lost to Carla by TKO, um, even though she's the champion, not putting much respect. And even though she's a fighter that I often pick and is rooted for, um, I, getting TKO'd by her does seem a little, and it probably was a ground and pound thing, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going with Dern too, but I do feel like stylistically, and the one thing I wanted to see um, with Dern's opponent is like, okay, if she's had, if a, Submissions are the Achilles heel, 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 uh, heel here, and all three losses are subs. Easy pick, but it's really been across the board. She has one knockout loss, one submission loss, one decision loss, and the not and the submission loss was her fourth fight in her career. So it's it's been a while, um, but no one's quite as good as Dern too. So I wanted to find some of those kind of angles to make me more confident in the Dern pick, but I don't really have. Yeah. I'm going off of confidence. Well, Cla- you know. Claudia lost to this woman and decided mm-hmm. I can't fight anymore. That's yeah. just, just find that out there. That's a good point. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll go with Dern, but I don't feel like super strong about it. But yeah, it's just how things are going. We'll we'll pile on. Uh, Mike, can you give us the standings before you make your pick? Uh, yeah, give me one sec. You want to go grab your your dumbass belt? That's a good point. One second. Bobby's yeah. looking for the belt. Oh, I got the belt. never too far from. How me. I wasn't going to. How are you? How are you forgetting your own gimmick? Right. I mean, like, come I, on. Well, because it's not fun if you don't complain and you're not complaining. So you just complain. So <laughs> <laughs> it's only fun to rub salt in the wounds. If there's no wound, there's no point. What am I rubbing? Yeah, what am I rubbing right. salt in? <laughs> we haven't, uh, man, we haven't done an updated ranking in uh, in a while. Um, we haven't had fights in. I mean, you I say know. we. You're the one who does the rankings. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last fight was uh, Sanhagen Yadong. Mm-hmm. So and we all picked the same. We all picked Sanhagen. There hasn't so, been any movement. No movement at all. Our win percentage just got better, um, which that's always good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby is still in first at mm-hmm. 53 and 23. And then there is a tie for last at 51 and 25 between mm. myself, Mark, and Chalk. Let me okay. tell you what's going to happen here. I'm not losing first place until, obviously, the next pay-per-view. In which case, I'm telling you right now, you guys go ahead and decide if you want to pick Islam Mahachev because I'm picking Charles Oliveira. So there's one for you right there. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. just telling you, okay. that's a lot of rounds to not get choked by Charles Oliveira. Maybe I'll get some uh, some love for the Sugar Man. I, th- Ooh, I think there's a, there's a real opportunity TJ to catch be me. Because you got me. if you go TJ and Islam, you could time me right there just with those two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, just saying. I wouldn't I pick mean, Sugar Sean O'Malley. You can't be you can't be contrarian just for contrarian's sake. No. That's what you, you were doing, really Mike. Yeah, you, you, you yeah. got to make some moves. Yeah, I mean, Mike, yeah, I mean, believe I, every single one of these. I actually believe that Charles is going to win. Just putting that out there. That's a little conversation for a couple weeks from now. Um, all right, Mike, who you got? You said, or did you not even make your pick yet? I didn't make my pick yet. I haven't bet in a few weeks uh, outside of betting for Aaron Judd to win the triple crown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna put some heavy money on Mackenzie Dern. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm not. I got ten bucks on the Giants right now, so they want to win this game. It was actually I have, I have the Giants plus six because I I took a soft ass uh, alternate line, so just don't lose <laughs> by a lot. Is what I got going on. Um, all right. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention: we're not picking this because, quite frankly, we're not equipped to, in my opinion. Uh, but one FC is back. 
this uh this Saturday uh, this Friday on Amazon. Um and I know I really talked them up last time about how much I enjoyed their show last time last uh last prime show, whatever they called it. One on Prime Video One, I guess. So I was like, you know what? I like the first one. I'm gonna write them and watch it again. So um I'll also be recovering from getting a COVID shot and a flu shot that day. So in general, be sitting on the couch. Um, one on Prime Video 2, Zhang V versus Lee 3. Jesus. Just quite a name, guys. Um, well, we like got, said, the, one, two, three. Easy we got as the, We got the trilogy bout between Angela Lee, um, most well-known female fighter easily in uh, one, a homegrown talent. Her brother fights there. Or both her brothers. I think they actually, I think both siblings. I'm not sure if she has a, she has one brother for sure, Christian Lee. And then I don't know if the other one's a sister or brother who's like 16 and already fighting in one. Uh, she's taken on Jingnan Zhang, uh, a woman who beat her once, and then she won the rematch. And uh, both fights ending in the fifth round. So this third bout is for the uh, one championship. I don't know which title. I think 115. Whatever they call 115 over there. Um... Also on this card, uh, some guy named Superbon uh, is defending the featherweight kickboxing championship. Mikey Musamesi, a.k.a. Darth Rigatoni, um, is going to be fighting for the flyweight submission grappling world championship. I like, Mike, I like what they do in one in that they just have, like, fucking kickboxing, some fucking grappling. We got, And then we have Muay Thai separate from the other kickboxing. And then we have MMA. I like that they're doing a bunch of shit. It's interesting. Um, so yeah, um, they got a, we got a, we got a stamp, we got a Fairtex representative on there also, Marcus, stamp Fairtex, mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. on Jihin, uh, Rajawan from Malaysia. I like their, um, production value. I like their team. I wonder if Chavello gets benched again as much as he did. I think, I think that is kind of probably what his station is now. He's is there for kickboxing. Well, I think he's there for the kickboxing to start, you know, does he, talking. does he do play by play for he the He talked fight? more. During the kickboxing ones last okay. time, I, I mean, know he's more he's better suited for that. So, um, I'm interested in this uh, little Italian American kid from New Jersey, because uh, his name is excellent, Darth Rigatoni. Yeah, calling I him. I want to check this out for sure. Yeah, um, it's on actually main card at 7 p.m. our time. They're trying to you know do what they do with the American audiences here. The this, Mike, is I'm sure, I, I, this is Friday. Okay, even better. That's the thing also. If you're going to do it on Friday, it doesn't have to be that late. Right, Mike? If we're going to do this on Friday, maybe start a little bit earlier <laughs> for you. <laughs> can't, you can't have a Friday card that late. You know, people want to go out. They want to boogie, especially if they're on the East Coast. Right? You got to have it a nice, sensible hour. And also, cannot stay up that late. I was going to say, so Mike's want to go boogie. I'm like, Mike is going to go home. <laughs> like we so- opened the show with, like, Mike said... Uh, uh, rehab for his knee. I don't know what boogieing is going on, but <laughs> he's got to get those calf raises on point, man. Um, I'm gonna check this out though for sure. I, I, I've already, I think that's pretty clear. Mark, you sound like you're yeah, into it, Mike. I think you, should, yeah. I think it's worth your time. Hell, if you have Amazon yeah. Prime, watch it the next day because we can only complain about the UFC so much. I think about some of their lesser stuff. If we like, I mean, I talk about it all the time too. I like when someone does something different. I didn't feel like I was watching a lesser UFC. I feel like I'm watching a lesser UFC every time I watch Bellator. It's sure. hard to ignore fair. that. 
At least with what's it called? The other one. Um, the, what's it? Not World Series. <laughs> PFL. PFL just throws crazy stats. They just throw on. stats on the cage, <laughs> and like they got the uh, point system, and you get more points in the tournament. And there's some. Bellator just is like, hey man, do you guys like Pride and UFC? How would you like us to do both of these way worse? Huh? The same fighters. They're just as old. They're just old. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna do that for you. Um. They're really coming in guns blazing at Bellator today. Damn. Now that I think about it. Um, yeah, and Angela Lee is a really awesome fighter. Uh, remember she was getting like CNN articles written about her? Like, that was kind of cool. Um, still very, very long, young. I think she's like 24 also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of old-time fights, though, Mark. Correct. I think it's time for another edition of Fights We Like. Yeah. Now, Mike, do you have anything this week? I do, actually. Um, so... As we've talked about before, it's not necessarily going to be fights that were the best fights. Like, it's not going to always be fights that, like, if you type in best MMA fights, it's going to be one of those. For sure. Like, what's I like how Mike has prefaced this all three weeks with that statement before he, because I feel I, like you, uh, I don't know why you're, I mean, who gives a shit, man? I'm like, you pick whatever you want, pick whatever you like. You I know? get it though, Mike. I, yeah. I'm with you. Like, the fights I'm picking aren't like, yeah, they're not like if you go to the list, but these are just the fights that, I liked. I, mean, I, I, chose, I, I, I chose Jose Aldo chopping Uriah Le Faber's legs for 25 minutes. It wasn't that exciting. He just beat his ass. But at least, <laughs> but at least that was Idol. a significant fight because it was Legacy. like the coming out party for Jose. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I, I've already got a fight in my back pocket. I'm eventually going to pick. And to be honest, it was one of the worst mm-hmm. fights ever mm-hmm. in the history of MMA. Ally Quinto versus Jorge Masvidal. You booing me? I'm just guessing it's that. <laughs> No, 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 no. You guys get no indication what it is until I unleash it out on the world. However, for this week, the fight I am picking occurred at UFC 132, um, July 2nd, 2011. Um, and it was between... Mike, I apologize. Ryan- what was the date? July 2nd, 2011. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it was between Ryan Darth Bader and... Uh, the uh, the favorite of Mr. Borrachina Depo, uh, Tito Ortiz. Uh, so to give some context for this fight, Tito, who once was, you know, the poster boy for the UFC, really, mm-hmm. and to give him all his credit, he was the UFC's first, I think, true star. I, I do remember watching him on uh, the best damn sports show, period. Um, making Ken Shamrock's head... Making Ken Shavrock's head just explode with just how angry he was getting Ken. I'm going to beat you into a living death. (laughs) (laughs) He said that. Those words. He did. (laughs) It's probably the smartest thing he's ever said. Um, But, you know, he he was young. He was brash. He was exactly what the UFC needed um, in their their dark days after the Fertitas uh, bought the organization. Uh, but I'm not talking about this time period when he was uh, smashing everybody. I'm talking about the time period where he had been winless in five of his last five fights, uh, starting with a loss to Chuck Liddell, Dragon Sevens, and then losses to Machida, Griffin, and Matt the Hammer Hamill. And we all thought, well, Tito's done. Tito's never going to win in the UFC again. He's washed. He's been laundered. He's been hung out to dry. He's fighting a young prospect in Ryan Bader, who I think by that point 
had already fought John Jones and lost, but he was still thought of in high regard as a this was know, his next fight. Champion. I think that was one twenty six. That was one twenty six. So wow. this, let me tell you what Mike, what Mike's about to say happened led to a real crossroads uh, for uh, Mister Bader. <laughs> yeah, so, so Bader was still thought of very highly, mm -hmm. and the fight starts first round. Bader jumps in and Tito just lays him out. Uh, knocks him to the ground is able to get the guillotine choke and i i wasn't even that huge of a tito fan like like you guys were but i know i lost my shit everyone in the arena lost their shit i remember shoot i remember the episode of it's amazing after that happened i remember steph speaking glowingly about the event and the moment and how he was so happy to see Tito do the uh, grave grave ditcher, grave Dude, digger. We, we, Mike, we were all <laughs> doing the, the grave digger in uh, our friend Drew's dad's living room. We all were standing there while Tito was doing it. We're like, yeah, we're doing the scoop ourselves. Like, yeah, now we all lost our minds on that. <laughs> so it, it, it was a nice moment to applaud uh, Tito Ortiz and also just to kind of laugh at Ryan Bader because how the fuck do you lose to Tito Ortiz? And that was borne out. Because what did Tito do in his next three fights, which are also his last three fights at the UFC? He lost. He lost big time. He, so, uh, I remember he, Ryan Bader jumped eyes closed into the punch, and that was where a lot of the jokes came. And he got, he got knocked out and choked out in the same fight, basically, by Tito Ortiz. Um, it was Tito's first submission win since Yuki Kondo. Yep. Which was fucking UFC forever. UFC 29. Yeah, in UFC in December Japan. December 2000. That was a Japan one for the UFC. Um, That was a big one, man. I think it also, like, we all rip, we rip on Tito rightfully, quite frankly. He seems like a loathsome human being. Um, His entire city. I, I, I'm going to call him that because when you go try to go to public office and spread your bullshit there, it's even worse. Um. But, man, he was – you can't understate how important he was. And I think the UFC also, Mark, does try to, like, bury Tito a lot, mm -hmm. you know, given how it all, like, played out with him. And he didn't do his own – he didn't help himself either, right, obviously. But, like, they're – like, they can't – like, they, they try to hide the fact that Tito was carrying the company. Like, he was <laughs> he was selling, you know. Um, uh, I mean, he, he, was, he was a big flag for the hardcores, too. And for the, the organization, because around that time, in like the dark days of the UFC, when the, you know, the organization itself was starting to look like it was going to collapse, it was up for sale, and then the Fertitas bought it. That's really when Pride was in its stride. And, you know, Pride at that point had Vanderlei. I don't know if he was champion at that same time, but he quickly became, became champion. And the UFC could easily say, like, look, we had Vanderlei in the roster he fought Tito. Tito beat him. We yeah. have the the best light heavyweight guy. If you want to play that kind of you know MMA math, so I, I and and for those days, yeah, he was the flagship guy. I mean, Chuck was kind of around, but he, he was always kind of in the shadow of Tito until they fought. Right when they finally fought and Chuck was able to overcome him, he became a huge star. But before that, it was Tito carrying the company. The fight. I mean, it was like not, even, not intentionally, but like mm -hmm. Tito kind of put Chuck over. Obviously, not he didn't lose him. I mean, I don't mean just losing to him, but like. Him being involved with him is what kind of what mm -hmm. made Chuck also. It, yeah. it was a good storyline, and then the fight itself was was interesting and fun. And there was just a lot of 
excitement built up and that's really when you know when the Fertitos had the company, they had like a big, I, th interesting I think we matchup. saw him too. You and me, I think we went to that one car. Remember they did the car. I think when the Bellator had the cage and the ring, mm -hmm. the, the dynamite, I called it dynamite. I remember he lost to, I mean, I'm looking at it now to confirm, but he lost to, remember Liam McGeary. Oh, okay. With that sure. triangle yeah. choke. Cause oh. Tito was on top yeah. of him doing Tito things for the whole fight, the whole first round. Mm -hmm. Then he got triangled and stuff, but yeah, man, before Tito became the giant joke, um, yeah. you know, who yeah, let him go box pick. Anderson? Who let him go box Anderson Silva? Well, he has no friends. Mm, um, yeah, that was that was his uh, most recent out. So I'm, I went with Mike first because I'm just this week I'm going to go newest to oldest. So I'm going to go right now. Uh, mine is um, someone else where I he's not buried, but I think it's just really people might have forgotten how truly big of a deal he was. And I'm talking about Brock Lesnar. And um, obviously, anybody's a wrestling fan knows Brock Lesnar was a big deal. I think MMA fans try to act like Brock wasn't there. I'll be honest. I think a lot of hardcore MMA fans, Mark, like to discount Brock's entire existence and just call him a pro wrestler. Um, Frank Mir, I saw an interview with Frank Mir, was saying that like before he fought Brock the first time, uh, people came up to him in the locker room before and said, you know, you got to do it for us. You got to beat this pro wrestler. And Frank Mir was like, I was sitting there like, you motherfuckers think he's a pro wrestler? This guy won a national championship, and what, what are we talking about? He's a wrestler. Like, he knows what a, he knows how to do stuff. So, like, I think Brock gets dismissed a lot, and something Brock, Brock's ability for his event to be a spectacle, there's only a handful of people who've ever done that in the UFC. Uh, him, Connor, Ronda, probably Anderson. Honestly, at times, maybe, depending on the right fight with Anderson. But, like, Brock's fights were a goddamn like it was an event. Everybody knew Brock was going to fight. And when he fought, um, the one I'm picking is Brock Lesnar versus Shane Carwin. I had it between Ooh. Brock Lesnar and Frank Mir too, uh, versus because I was trying to go with the symmetry of UFC 100 and uh, our episode 500. But really, I like uh, the Shane Carwin one more, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, uh, I have a very distinct memory and, uh, of this fight, and this is for context. Brock Lesnar beat Frank Mir at UFC 100, unified the titles, and then he did not fight for an entire year. Um, we just kept hearing he was hurt. Ended up that Brock had uh, divertic diverticulitis from his all red meat all the time, never had a carrot in his fucking life diet. Okay, and he had just holes in his stomach. He had giant parts of his intestines taken out. Uh, Brock was fucked up, and it, he was he won the UFC title by the way with this disease. Just wrap your head in knowing people who has dig who have digestive issues like those kind of diseases. That's a that's a hell of a like to try to to win it got the way it drains you. Mike, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Think about when you guys have diarrhea, yeah, and how you want to end your life. <laughs> And Dude, now imagine is diverticulitis. I'm not trying to be gross, but like literally like that is literally like the basis point of how like of your entire body's functionality. I feel like if, that, if you have a problem going on there, nothing else is right. Okay. But uh, Brock came back and was uh, and had to fight Shane Carwin. No one remembers Shane Carwin, Mark. There's no way anybody remembers Shane Carwin. I mean, talk about a guy who got buried. It came and went with Shane Carwin mm -hmm. within, I want to say, two years. Okay, look, here we go. He was in UFC. He got to the UFC May of 20, 2008. 
This fight that I'm about to mention is July 2010. He fought again a year later. We were done. Mm-hmm. That was it. Um, Shane Carmen showed up in the UFC. Uh, one, two, three, four straight first round knockouts. And he wasn't yep. just hitting people. Like, they were unconscious instantly. Like, this man had the large... He was wearing a 5X glove, they said, or something. Or mm-hmm. he was wearing a 5X. Brock was wearing a 4X. That was the thing. He was an engineer with, like, a real job. Mm-hmm. You know, which was a real, like, nice story at the time. But even then, I feel we were like, why does he have to have another job? He's fighting for the fucking heavyweight championship. But um, he was killing people. And his he won the interim title beating Frank Mir. And this was a version of Frank Mir post-Brock Lesnar 2 fight where Frank Mir somehow, I'm just going to say somehow, somehow put on 30 pounds of muscle. Yeah. Frank Mir came into this fight. I'm not sure. Mike, I'm sure. I think I might have watched it. 2010. I think we asked to watch this card with you. He came in muscles upon muscles upon muscles. Just muscles upon muscles upon muscles for uh, Frank Mir. Shane iced him in three minutes. Wasn't this right in the height of TRT? Yeah, I mean, this is also that we weren't testing anybody anyway. Um, fight starts. This is UFC 116, Brock versus Shane. I don't, I would, Mark, honestly, what? 30 seconds in, Brock gets cracked? Mm-hmm. Brock yeah. gets cracked. By the way, Brock Lesnar's fighting. We're all in my parents' house. Uh, not Mike. Apologies for this one. Um, it was in July. We're at my parents' house. We're all standing up because Brock's about to fight. Brock gets cracked. Hard. 30 seconds in. We're all we all move within a foot of the TV. Okay. Shane Carwin starts unleashing ground and pound from hell. Just clubbing Brock. Left and right. We don't know how he's surviving. His eyes are open. He's moving. He's getting rocked. Referee uh Josh Rosenthal. Um, let it go. Keeps going. He keeps going. He keeps going. Shane's punches are slowing down. You know, Brock finally gets up 10 around. Gets up. He's on his back for four minutes. We go to the corner. We come back for round two. Shane Carwin is sucking wind like Patrick Ewing in the fourth quarter, man. All right. He is tired. He is sweaty. Brock Lesnar's beat the fuck up, but he's got a big old smile on his face. Shane Carwin is moving. This is what we all learned about lactic acid as MMA fans. All right, we learned about lactic acid. It filled those arms up. Brock Lesnar takes Shane Carwin down. He starts working for a choke, and Mark goes, I think he's going for an arm triangle. I don't think he knows how to do an arm triangle. Brock puts on an arm triangle. He's doing it. Shane's trying to defend. Brock doesn't know how to finish it. Um, Brock eventually looks to the corner or the crowd. I say the crowd maybe because Cain Velasquez was in the crowd, was in the crowd doing hand motions saying, you got to step around. You got to go around. <laughs> okay. Brock gets the choke in. Taps out. Shane taps out. People lose their mind. The whole goddamn, I think it's MGM. I want to say probably MGM, MGM arena. A goddamn explodes. Beers are flying in the air. One of the coolest fucking fights ever. I, I I loved Brock Lesnar fights, all right? It was a big deal when he fought. Just a spectacle of it. So, yeah. Marcus, that was a good one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that was probably the most 
interesting of his fights, right? Because a lot of them were either he just was completely dominant. Like when he fought Heath Herring, it was complete dominance. When he fought Frank the second time, it was complete dominance. And then some of his the later losses that he that he had, there wasn't a lot going back and forth. This was definitely a fight where we got to see him display a lot of heart, have to really grit his teeth and, you know, survive and then, you know, pull some new tricks out of the bag. So I think it was definitely his most interesting, compelling fight that he had. You know what I was, I was, it was interesting in wrestling. They always like try to get Brock a manager. Well, recently they didn't. Okay. But like, cause the impression was that Brock wasn't like good on the stick. He couldn't really talk, mm-hmm. but in MMA, Brock was always like amazing. Like he was just so goddamn raw and loud and unpredictable. And sometimes he would shit on the sponsors and talk about climbing on his wife and hitting Frank Gear over the head with a fucking horseshoe. Like, but I don't know. I, I, I was thinking about this also because there was that ridiculous picture of Brock Lesnar with a giant, uh, was it deer head that was on that leaked mm-hmm. on, that was on the internet the other day. And, uh, you know, he riding an e-bike of all things, which I'm like, yeah, there you go. That's what Brock does. He rides an e-bike. It's a weird dude. Weird dude. That's it for me this week, though. Lesnar versus Carwin. Marcus? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll keep this short. Kind of like Mike, um, you know, the, the, the annals of pride. There's a lot of high quality stuff to pick out. And I'm hesitant to, to go to the, the, the things that people are know or have maybe heard or seen about before. Um, so I'm kind of picking some of the, the, the lesser known stuff or some of the fights that kind of, I felt were very memorable. And one that I just kind of thought of the other day and I was like, Oh, that'd be a, a fun one was um, at pride 15 uh, raging rumble. Uh, the debut of Quentin rampage Jackson against uh, Kazushi Sakuraba. You know, it wasn't until years later we kind of learned some of the behind the things. Uh, and Bobby, you might be able to sprinkle in because I haven't, I didn't look it up or anything. Well, it but... depends which story of Quentin's you want to hear, mm-hmm. which month. But yes, <laughs> there's a few. I mean, I mean, basically, you know, the the organization there wasn't really weight limits at Pride. They 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 eventually did have two different weight classes at first, which was basically like light heavyweight, which was 205, and then heavyweight, which was above that. Um, so I mean, Sakuraba was more in that latter or the, the, the prior class, I should say, at 205. But I think they, they made Quentin like, have to weigh in like maybe under 200 pounds or something. He, yeah, he had they to, really hammered him about weight. Yeah, he had to like dehydrate himself to get to a certain weight to fight Sakuraba, which, I mean, that's something that should be hashed out way before, so he would know that. It, it seemed like it was sprung on him. It, to Sakuraba's credit, that dude is like an 85-er for sure, so fighting at two, fighting a lot of... A lot of the fights Sakuraba had were against much bigger guys. So, I mean, that all being said, you know, I don't think we saw the best version of Quentin. And he was also so young and so raw in this fight. But it was extremely entertaining. If you could, I mean, you can find the fight, obviously, on Fight Pass. I think if you could find it on YouTube, I would encourage trying to find one where it had the pre-fight interview. Because this is, I mean, and, and it, it's it's so tough, I think, when I talk about these old fights, I... I want people that haven't seen them and watched them to try to like understand the excitement that it, it had watching it back then we're, we're, you know, MMA just wasn't as big. We didn't have as many colorful characters, but I think these, this was the famous interview where he's talking to Steven Quadros. Um, and I think he asked him like, well, you're 20 years old right now. Like in three years, where do you think you're going to be? And he's like, well, I'm 20 now. So in three years, I'll be 23. <laughs> and it was just like, he had, he had a weird, sense of humor he was very charismatic and he's how you funny. got me into this man honestly he was a big part of it was how you got me into it was quentin the and, way he was and, 
Yeah, and a lot, and a lot. I mean, besides just cracking jokes before, I mean, it had to do with how he fought and the Sakuraba fight being depleted. It, it, it and watching it again, like Steven Quadros, and I, and we talked about this last week about pride and kind of the culture around you know Japanese MMA. A lot of get, becoming popular with the fans was so much less about winning the fight, and it was more about going in there and putting on a good show, and that's exactly what Quentin did. Um, very early on, he got taken down. He was working off his back, and he had to work himself back up. And once he got back up, he fought off many submissions and got out of all of them with slams. I think first he got on top, and he was getting triangle choked. So, of course, he did a couple power bombs. And then Sakuraba transitioned into an arm bar. So instead of slamming him then, he's like, well, what, what if I just throw this fucker out of the ring? So he just picks him up over the ropes, yep. and they're like, yeah, you can't just drop this dude outside the ring, dog. It's not really allowed here. Um, he got out of that. Uh, Sakuraba then put on a Kimura, and he got out of that. I mean, and, and listen to the commentary, you know, Steven's constantly saying, like, you know, Quentin's really making this a fight. He's really going after it. And what's kind of interesting, uh, Mark Coleman was, all, was also in the booth for this particular fight. And, and Coleman being a competitor was saying, yeah, you know, he's making this a fun fight, but he's not winning, right? And ultimately all these slams and all this energy he exerted and, you know, now knowing about, you know, how much he had to dehydrate, it, it gassed him out. And at some point you can just tell, like, he he was losing the fire a little bit. But, you know, for the four minutes that they fought, dude went hardcore. And there's probably slammed him, like, four, five, six times. And they weren't all, like, super, you know, great slams. And Sakuraba was also, like, catching on. Like, this dude's just going for high crotches and trying to slam me on my head constantly. He was adept enough in wrestling to try to lessen the impact of some of these. And and ultimately, um, he was able to get Quinton's back in and win by a rear naked choke. You know, and the fight wasn't very long. But that really, I mean, for me personally, made him a huge star. That garnered him to come back multiple times. And in those next couple fights, he won the fights. He still looked very impressive and fun and entertaining and became a star, you know, and, and then in later fights, we also saw his skill level grow significantly. His striking got so much better. He was really, you know, at his Ross point, there, like a wrestler who kind of knew some ground and pound could, could throw a decent punch, but, you know, ultimately got a lot better with his hands, utilized more of his knees and, and the slams were always there, you know, and, and later on, we'll definitely talk about the Arona fight and the big power bomb slam. He won there. You know, I think his next fight, he fought uh, Satake, who was a kickboxer, and he slammed him and broke his shoulder. He beat Igor Bochanchin by slamming him and breaking his rib. So he became a star, you know, and then catapult from Pride ultimately to the UFC to winning the belt. Yeah, you but know. he also, you know, there's all important things like the time Boss interviewed him and Boss just stole his chicken. That was yeah, a good one. He's, he's <laughs> like, you don't steal a black man's chicken. He, he was a character for sure, through and through. And to not know who he was and just to be like, okay, it looks like this kind of, oh, okay. So one little tidbit, and this is the one thing I love watching about these old fights is there's always these little instances where it's like, oh, it's so weird or funny or awkward. So in the beginning of Pride, the fighters would always face off and the referee would tell them like no headbutting, no groin shots. And he would always touch the cup, maybe to make sure the cup was there. I don't know. But in this fight, he's touching, he's touching Quentin's cup. And like he doesn't realize it at first. And then he realized it, like he shook his hand, was like, dude, what are you touching my junk for, man? He kind of like got upset about it and stuff. He's like, I don't know what's going on. And there's also a point when he was getting introduced that the camera was like shoulders up. 
And then when they went to Sakuraba, Boss was like, well, you couldn't see it, but he did a kind of an obscene gesture. We used to grab in his nuts. Um, yeah. But it, it, it's those kind of like funny little things that there's a lot of that quite a bit in Pride that, you know, it's fun to have the uh, English commentators kind of to, to tell you what was going on in the back end. So, yeah, he, um, a, he, said, uh, mm -hmm. he said uh, they made me cut weight for a weight class that didn't exist. Yeah. And then another time he said that he was that his food was poisoned. Not that he got sure. food poisoning. His food mm -hmm. was poisoned by pride. Mm -hmm. And also they paid him not to tap to a choke, but he did. Maybe. Oh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, they want him to go. Because that, that, that's ultimately how it ended. But uh, yeah. it, that all being said, uh, a nice another nice short fight. You know, if you're interested, you could pull it up on YouTube. I think that the YouTube videos, eight minutes, I would encourage to watch all of it because a lot of that pre-fight stuff is quite entertaining. Uh, the fight itself is not super long. It, it was a, is a it was a good, fun, interesting fight while it lasted. So there's another one for the books. Um, yeah, that was fights we like. Extra long this week because God knows we have nothing else to talk about. Um, but yeah, random fights for different reasons. Stuff we like. Mark, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I don't have a ton this week, uh, but there has been a new show I started watching, uh, a cartoon. Uh, I was recommended it to who we mentioned earlier, Eddie, who made our logo. Uh, he mentioned this show to me about a month ago. It's called Craig of the Creek. This is another uh, Cartoon Network show. And I was a little hesitant at first. I did not jump on it at first. And even when I did start watching it, the first couple episodes were fine, but I wasn't like immediately hooked. But after three or four, and this is, again, this is in the Cartoon Network style where the episodes are like 10 minutes long. They're extremely digestible. Uh, once I got, you know, a handful of episodes in, I really got into it. And now this point, still not even through the first season, I fucking love it. And they're getting, the episodes are getting better. And they're making, I mean, they won me over easily with a very obscure Steven Universe reference. And then I'll just spoil this for you guys. Uh, we were watching one episode and uh, Delta Funk and Homo Sapiens on it. And he does like yeah, three yeah. songs in the episode. And I was just like, I didn't know it at first. But once he started rapping, I was like, holy shit, that's Del. And and I didn't, I mean, I am I do like Del a lot. I have a couple of his albums. I have a couple of hieroglyphics albums. But I wasn't uh, familiar with Deltron 3030, which I think was one of his albums. And he's, that's basically the character he's kind of playing in this episode. Uh, but I thought that was cool. They had a game, uh, they had an episode about... Uh, playing fighting games with and I, you know I, I did not do a good job premising this show it's basically about kids that play in the creek uh craig's the main character uh he's african-american so nice diversity and representation there he has a couple friends they hang out with the creek there's lots of interesting other kids at the creek that they interact with and have little short stories with um but yeah it's been i quickly you know after a few episodes got into it and I didn't know, you know, just how well I was going, it was, I was going to receive it. And there have been already, I think, I think the first season is like 40 episodes again, like they're super short episodes. So they go by really fast. Um, so I think like we're halfway done. There have been multiple episodes where I cried, where I was extremely emotionally invested in this stuff. Um, it, it very much reminds me kind of of Steven universe where they're very short, but they can really tell a good story. And it ultimately brings me to this, you know, realization that I think like maybe 10, 15 years ago, I really didn't feel like there was a lot of great cartoons for kids 
I think like when we grew up, I, I thought there was just so many like Doug, Rugrats, uh, Modern's Rock, uh, Modern's uh, Rocco's Modern Life. Um, it just seemed like there was a wealth of really fun, interesting cartoons. And it did seem like as I kind of aged out of that, it didn't seem like there was as many of those. I, I did come later to appreciate SpongeBob. Because uh, I do think that's a really great cartoon, but it just seemed like there was a lack. And in the last like ten years with Adventure Time, Steven Universe, and now Craig of the Creek, I really feel like there's a lot of quality uh, cartoons out there. And you know that that hit not just younger kids but adults too. Like you know, me and Christine are watching this, and we we fucking love the show. So, um, and I feel like those really good cartoons can kind of bridge that gap where. You can kind of be any age and still really enjoy it. So uh, it's on HBO Max. I completely recommend it. Um, and again, like even if you don't watch the first couple episodes and you're like, eh, I don't know, it seems okay. I would recommend giving it, you know, a handful because once once it kind of sunk its teeth into me, I, I was really sold. So yeah, that's what I got this week. Did you finish Cobra Kai? I did. I did. And uh, how about Sensei Odell? What do you think about Sensei his Sensei Odell was great. I mean, I thought. <laughs> I was glad to see Woodley get some work. I thought he did pretty good on Mike, the show. Mike, you watched I mean, the show, right? I haven't finished watching it yet. Is Odell, oh, okay. I'm assuming, Tyron Woodley's character? Yeah, Sensei Odell. Yeah. <laughs> Sensei Odell. I mean, I I even hesitate to maybe he has one line where he tells the kids to come on before like they, they pass a test. Not <laughs> many lines. What I, what I want to give a shout out to is who gets even less screen time but is like a karate master is I swear to God, Stephen Tom the Wonder Boy Thompson is in this show. Uh-huh. There's usually like six senseis, but he's this mysterious seventh sensei that you'll see every now and then. I feel really bad for him. Like this motherfucker does karate for real, dog. Like Tyrone he almost Woodley's beat this other dude. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing is like Woodley beat him. So guess what? You're not. Yeah, I know it's a karate show, dog, but you're gonna have to um to talk about Cobra Kai. I thought it was. I enjoyed it, but. I think towards the end, it didn't really like, I mean, we, we've talked about it before. We're five seasons and it does seem like they kind of keep hitting the same notes over and over again. That being said, I, I tend to still really enjoy it, but it did seem towards the end of this season, like the last couple episodes just didn't have that kind of impact. How close to CGI, Mr. Miyagi, are we? Oh, I don't think they will. I don't, I don't think, they think they'll ever do that. I think they've done a really good job so far still incorporating him. I mean, they talk about him a lot in the show. Um, and they, I think they've done a good job not having to go that route. And I just don't know if Sony's really equipped to like try to pull that angle off. Well, cause I think it's, it's, there's a million ways they do it bad. There's like three ways they pull it off. Well, and it's just easier. Just don't do it. But um, I think they're having one more season, right? I think they kind of like has to, where they left it off. Maybe actually, maybe not. I don't know. Whatever. We'll see. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, if they do another up, season, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. But like, yeah, this one definitely for me, like I, I feel like I've always been the highest on Cobra Kai. I've really enjoyed the show even at, at its worst. But at the end, it was kind of a thing where it's like, I didn't hate it. It was just, it just kind of didn't leave much of an impact. So we'll see. Um, I got nothing. I think I just lost a bunch of money betting on football this weekend. That was pretty much, most of my watching. Um, yeah. I went it to happens. Fleming's Steakhouse. I know there's Ooh. a bunch of them. If you go to Fleming's. Ooh, yeah. Fleming's, really? Yeah. It's good. There's a bunch of them. So if you got one near you and you go, the bone-in ribeye, good. Mm. We know Bobby loves himself a nice bone-in ribeye. 
I mean, I think Mike's trying to make a comment, but I do. It's a great, it's a great steak. Uh, the comment I was making is that I know you like a nice bone and ribeye. Yeah. yeah we didn't know if there's some kind of innuendo. Yeah. And they got some good, uh, I'm just talking there, about but... the at this point. They had some good scalloped potatoes too. Nice. Sounds good. I'm getting hungry. Mike, well, what do I you know. have so I can go have dinner? <laughs> I'm going to push you. Bobby, you got nothing. Mike, what do you got so I can get dinner? Yeah. A quick thing for me. It is one of the best times of the year. The Bachelor has finished. No, well, the Bachelorette oh. has finished its season, mm. right? Which okay. what that means is that Bachelor in Paradise just premiered today. You know right? what? I thought Mike was going to start talking about uh, pumpkin spice latte season, but this is worse. So <laughs> no, <laughs> no, this, this is me channeling my inner white girl in a different way. Okay. Right? Also, also. <laughs> While Bachelor in Paradise premiered today, and I'll probably watch the episode tomorrow on Hulu, mm. right? Let's also not forget that Dancing with the Stars premiered last week. So I'm actually behind two episodes. Let me tell you something. Mondays have become, you know, very crowded over the mm. last two weeks. So, uh, you know... I might be pretty distracted next Monday. Yeah. The sacrifices. Know, your boy, your us. boy is gonna, you know, because those episode five hundred, you know, like I'm a professional. I want to focus. Next week, eh, not so much. Bachelor in Paradise will be on in the background. Monday night football has dick on Bachelor in Paradise. Almost paradise. <laughs> well, no one cares about five hundred one, Mike, so you'll be fine. Get muted, Bobby. So a podcast that depends on the internet, and very often we're dealing with tech connection issues. This motherfucker's streaming. Just want to point that out there. <laughs> He'll get the bandwidth. He'll figure it out. Yeah, I, live, you I live on my own. I live on my own now, man. I got I got internet for days, bro. As I got his audio doesn't match his video days. while he says that. <laughs> That's true. That's only for you and me, Literally, Bobby. Literally, like, your audio and like video a, didn't sync right there while you were going on that rant. Still sounded Swear okay. to God. Swear to God. Um. All right. Um. That's uh, that's really it for this week. Um, before we go, um, some of you might know I'm Iranian. Mm -hmm. uh, what's happening over there? I'm very proud of everybody protesting. I hope for the best. And I'm not as optimistic as some because, quite frankly, I view the Islamic Republic to be a bunch of cockroaches that won't die. But keep fighting the good fight. And you know what? Doing what's right, man. You don't get to tell people how to, you, you don't tell people they can or can't wear something. Hell yeah. Okay? Mm. They wear it if they want to wear it. Here, right here. But that's, that's how you prove the greatness of your religion is you make it a choice. Everything becomes a choice. If it's mandatory, is it really that great? People choose to follow something that says something. Um, anyway, that was my soapbox. Uh, it'd be really cool if, they, if, if Facebook didn't block the content just to, you know, but it'd be really cool if they let people post stuff. Just saying. Um, all right. And then, again, this was episode 500. Really, we can't thank you guys enough for listening. There's a few hundred of you. Uh, more than we would think, quite frankly, at times. But we really do appreciate it. And, uh, yeah. Um, not going to promise it's going to be another 500. Because it took us 10 years to get here. Ah, oh, fuck that. Promise another 500. But We're honestly, on the I, I, I 500 have no, more. <laughs> I have no intention of stopping anytime soon. 
Could so, you imagine the bodily injuries we'll be talking about at 47 rather than 37? I'm here talking about a little like, you know, niche. Yeah, Yo, yeah. 47. I mean, you know, some fully of us washed. might have children. We fully we'll be, we'll washed. Be, we'll be bitching about our little fucking kids. Like, oh, these little fucking things. God damn, man. They take all my money. My back hurts. You know, like, ooh, that, that Viagra ain't popping like it used to. Like, you know, that damn. flight to Mars is so expensive. Why can't I go to Mars? All these things, man, that is going to be happening in 10 years. You know? Um. All right. Again, thank you guys so much. We're going to be back next week. Um. It looks like... There's some, there's there's no card again, is there? It, it's it, it at least on paper seems worse. As in, I only see one fight. <laughs> How is it worse? The, the main well, event. Even, oh wow, that, that's not good. Alexa Grasso versus. Yeah, yeah but got Cub Swanson in the co-main event, man. No, it could see, be when worse. I look at when I look at Google, Cubby. it just has that one fight, so I don't know. <laughs> we got Cub Swanson there. That's who's really carrying oh, the entire card. Okay, okay, that's okay. it. They'll it's just Cub it Swanson. Okay. Okay, um, back next week, I was Dr. Law, that was Lavender Gooms, and that was DJ Mark. Peace out, everybody. Peace. See ya. It's not looking good for your best, Bobby. Oh, they just got a touchdown, huh? That Dallas is upset. Also, do you think they're allowed Bachelor in Paradise in a row? I mean, I can tell you everybody who wants to watch it can watch it, because they can't stop anybody from watching anything. Paradise right. is thick. I guarantee you. They're not telling those ladies what to wear. Hey, man. Let me tell you. All right. All right. With the people. Back in the day, I was there when the guy showed up with the duffel bag of DVDs. Okay? Just saying. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye. Peace. (laughs)